Welcome to the Mothers You Know podcast. Thank you for being here. This is a place where we as women remember the spirit God gave us. We know how much we matter and we believe all things are possible to them that believe on this Savior Jesus Christ. Here at Mothers You Know, we support the parents of young men in the Sons of Helaman and young women in the Daughters of Light programs at Life Changing Services. These programs provide therapeutic and mentoring services for youth struggling with depression, anxiety, self-harm, pornography, and any other unwanted or difficult behaviors. We offer parent support, training, and resources for mothers and fathers seeking the best way to support their loved one. Any mother is welcome to join in the Mothers Who Know classes support and training. You do not need to have a child in life-changing services to join in. We hope you'll join us. I am Karen Broadhead. I serve as the director of Mothers You Know, and I serve as the parent support specialist at Life-Changing Services. I invite you to join with me and other mothers from across the country in our Warrior Mothers Who Know online support and training group held every Tuesday. If you have a child struggling with pornography, depression, anxiety, or other difficult behaviors, you will find a safe and uplifting place to learn from other moms and learn principles and strategies to best support your loved one. Please go to motherswhoknow.org to find the online meeting details. We talk about difficult things here with the intent to shine light in dark corners and to eliminate isolation and shame. We are mothers with warrior hearts who are raising the warriors of this generation. We know we must learn to fight well for ourselves first. Then we can confidently support and cheer on our loved ones in the best ways. Okay, welcome back. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much for your participation. I'm really excited today to be with Catherine, she is from Canada, and I am excited for you to meet her and to hear some of the things that I've learned from her, and that's so obvious that the Spirit has led her to hear and to see because there's something in that that is her formula. It's her ingredient. There's something about her that's connected to this, and I just really want her to share it with us. I'm just going to turn the time over to Catherine. I just would love it, Catherine, if you will just say to everybody, here's I am. Here's who I am as a girl. It's where I live and what my family's like and some <laughs> of the things that I like to do. You bet. Well, thank you, Karen. I do live in Canada. I live in a small town in southern Alberta. And you probably have heard of it because it's Cardston, Alberta. It's a large LDS town, but it's a small town. And we have lived here for 14 years. I grew up on the coast of Canada in Victoria, BC. And we moved here with trying to think how many kids we had when we moved here. We had three and one on the way. So we have five children. And I've homeschooled all five kids for probably 80% of the time. Wow. I'm about to be a retired homeschooling mom because my last three are all going to try school out this semester. So that wow. will be a new chapter for everyone. And another kind of fun thing about me and my life and, and living here in Southern Alberta is that 
I live in an intentional community. So I had, let's see, there's five of us, five friends growing up. And actually, I was friends with these friends, older siblings. But over the years, we kept in contact. And as we were having children of our own around the same age, we talked about how we wanted to, wouldn't it be fun to live next to each other? And wouldn't it be fun to kind of find a place where we could do that? And the Lord really led us here one by one to this small town. We, none of us had any intention of being here, but we found ourselves here and we started talking about that again. And hey, we're in this small town, prices are lower. What if we found property? So we found uh, 160 acres and we bought it together and divided it up. Everybody has their five acre plot and we share some together and we've raised our kids. And it's wow. been a, a really interesting journey, fun and full of adventure with children coming in and out <laughs> pretty much every day. I almost always have a visitor. So that's kind of a neat thing about my life right now. Wow, that is really awesome. I love how you put that too, like an intentional community. Yeah. Like, that's amazing. That's really cool. I mean, you usually don't like I've heard of families doing that, you know, like we all, we have this bunch of land that we have and everybody that's related to us yeah. here, but I haven't heard of that with like, yeah, let's just do this with a bunch of friends. And so how old were your kids when you moved and started building there? And Yeah. So my oldest would have been, I'm going to say 10 because I'm just pulling it off the top of my head. I can't think numbers, but she was probably 10 and eight and then about five. And then we had two more kids while we've lived here. So they were all young enough. My, my two oldest still remember, you know, the, the West coast is kind of being home, but the three youngest, this is home to them. And I don't think they can fathom what it's like to live the way most of the world lives. <laughs> you know, They just have constant community and friendships. You know, some of those have been forced upon them because we're friends with the mother, the mothers yeah. and fathers. And some of them have had, you know, have sort of said, I want to make my own friends. But at the same time, it's, it's been wonderful. It's been a very safe environment, been really nice and really helpful to wow. all of us in raising our kids. Wow. So yeah. good. Wow, yeah. that's really fun. I did not know that about you. I know. I, have, I thought that's I'm going to surprise Karen with this too. She doesn't know this tidbit about Yeah, me. that is so cool. Like it makes <laughs> me think, I guess I need to ask you too, like what from that experience have you learned about yourself? Have you learned about, yeah, other people? Because well, so this is going to be a whole nother podcast, isn't I know, it? <laughs> I know. I know. We're not going there because we have a purpose. But if we need to, we're going to bring that up another. <laughs> it it could be. There's been a lot of growth and learning, and yeah, I really need to probably sit down and write about all the growth and learning. Yeah, I definitely have learned a lot about myself. Things that. I'm not so proud of <laughs> and other things where I've grown. So it's been neat. That's so neat. And yeah, we are going to need to have another podcast about this or just, you know, you from Canada and me from Utah meet for lunch over Zoom. 
And or just come on up, come on up and visit us and yeah. see the mayhem for yourself. <laughs> that would be the best, actually. I, I run an Airbnb as well. So there you go. I can set oh, you up. Okay. You even have a bed for me to sleep in. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Because, yeah. My biggest, loudest thought is how did you all convince your husbands that was a good idea? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, I'm thinking, I got to hear that piece of it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got pretty, pretty tolerant, sweet husbands. Wow, so neat. Okay, so you listeners out there, I want you to know that the way that I met Catherine is she was wanting to take Eternal Warriors. Mm-hmm. I was to take my Eternal Warriors for Moms class. And anyway, we've been hanging out maybe six months now. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like that long, but it's true. And we've had a really small, special class that, yeah, when you said, I think I'm interested in eternal warriors, why were you? Mm. What was, what drew you to that? Yeah. A friend of mine had told me about the Sons of Helaman program and the Eternal Warriors program. And she had had a little bit of experience with it, but more she was just looking into it herself and had heard good things about it. And so that piqued my interest. And I actually remembered that I had heard about it years ago, but it had just kind of went over my head. I'm a real believer in timing. You know, Mm. We, we have little seeds planted, but when the timing's right, it's right. So I downloaded the book. And as I read the book, I just thought, I got to do this. This, this is for me. (laughs) I need this program in my life because I have plenty of self-mastery issues that I need to work on. Mm -hmm. And the more I read the book, the more I thought this program is really well designed. (laughs) And that's what hooked me. But yeah, as I read the principles, I just felt strongly like I've got to do this. And it's been fantastic. Wow. And I remember our initial meeting, just talking about the class. I remember you saying you were thinking about this for this family member and that for that family member kind of a thing. But yeah, I remember being very impressed that you just had this confident stance of, I need this. This is for me. And just because it's what moms tend to do, it's let's get everybody the help they need. And if there's anything left, I'll see if I can do something too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And so to me, it made me really excited because I knew she wants to be available for God to do work with her in her life. And there's a quote by Elder Maxwell that says, God doesn't ask about our ability, only our availability. Mm. And if we prove our dependability, he'll increase our capability. And really, in my experience, I've noticed the only thing God wants us to be dependable in is be available to allow me to do my work with you and your family. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I was learning as my children were getting older that I had no power to fix anybody. (laughs) It really was not my job, my skill set. It made things worse when I tried to. Mm -hmm. And I really only have responsibility 
and control over me. Yeah. And that has been a great lesson to keep telling myself to take the focus off of others and work on me with the savior. Let him be the savior. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's a hard lesson to learn, isn't it? It's hard to. It's a freeing lesson to learn. Actually, it's liberating. It's wonderful because relationships all, all of a sudden become really nice. Yeah. Who wants to be the person who's being fixed? I don't. I don't like it when my husband thinks he can fix me and tries tries to employ strategies. My kids certainly don't like it. So it frees up a lot of space for love. But getting to that place where you were like, I think I'm going to stop trying to be the savior. Uh Um, To me, that was hard to get to that place. Yeah. And to hear it like, oh, what should I do instead? <laughs> it was like, a, oh, so. I think I had enough stuff to work on for myself that it just, <laughs> it just wasn't that hard. I was like, well, I could work on this and this and this and this and this. <laughs> uh, you know what? That's an incredible thing to hear really loud and clear, which is what's the best thing you can do when you have a hurting family member where you're feeling a pull to go over and save that or feeling like it's completely your responsibility to make sure that that works out over there because that's your stewardship. The very best place to go instead is learn to grow you. Mm-hmm. The very best thing you can do because it be, makes you available uh, for God to do his work with you, which is how you're going to support his work with your family. Yeah. Yeah. So in Eternal Warriors, what are some of the things that you um, learned that stood out to you that you just feel like this was really valuable and that, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think probably the biggest one is that I have an enemy. I think I really downplayed that. Well, he probably downplayed that for me, right? Yes, I believed I have a savior. And with that comes an opposition and a devil. (laughs) But I think he kind of played on the comicalness of that, like, oh, you know, that's really funny that you have a little devil on your shoulder, that sort of thing, right? And it really made me believe that I was my enemy, like we've talked about. So it was very empowering to start to believe I actually have an enemy who's actually working 24-7 to make me miserable. It's not me. It's not me doing it. That was really, really powerful to learn that. Because, again, with the opposition, it allowed me to also, I also have a savior who's working 24-7 to make me joyful. Right? So it turned me to both of them. (laughs) <laughs> an awareness of both of them, a much, much greater awareness of both of them and the power of both of them. And then where I was in that mix, right? Yeah. But there's only one me as well. Yeah. And my importance in that triangle. So those that's been one of the really empowering things I've learned. I think also some of the things... Like when I read the book, I just felt like this is so well 
laid out. So we have these principles, and then we have these practices, and the practices support the principles, and they kind of build on each other. And I've been impressed with that too. And I feel like I've got a small understanding Mm -hmm. (laughs) of those things. And it will take a lot more practice to kind of feel like I've got a good handle on them all. But the fact that I need to fight, that I need to fight to do the small and simple things that I need to fight to turn to him throughout the day in my thoughts. I think some of the the wonderful little catchphrases that we've learned, like border patrol and drills and one enemy, some of those things are just great because my brain can kind of grab hold of those. You know, I'll have a thought, it will produce a feeling, or maybe I recognize my feelings first, right? Because that's what you tend to recognize. Yeah. Start to hear those thoughts, but then I can have a catchphrase like, wait a sec, there's only one enemy. Wait a sec, I need to do a drill, you know? Yes. So some of those principles that you learn to apply in a catchphrase form have been really powerful too. That's awesome. You know, you said that recognizing that you had an enemy illuminated the same truth, which is I am a savior. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure some of that had to do with you recognizing I'm not the savior. You know what I mean? And so it made, yeah, this switch but yeah I hope this is okay to bring up I'm thinking maybe I I just thought of it though while we were having our interview when we had our initial meeting and you were just asking me about the class and what it was like one of the things that came up in that that I was really touching to me it was it was your soul showing up like your soul showed up when I mentioned there's a huge power in being able to find a savior and Do you remember what you said? Do you remember what happened? I do. And I'll just bear witness to the fact that that came to your mind right now because it came to my mind at the same time. You had taught, we had talked about, you know, the turning to the savior. And I just broke down and said, how? Yeah. How do I do it? I hear it in church. Believe it. I want to. How? And that's where eternal warriors taught me how yeah oh and as you said that in our meeting i said you are not alone yeah Um, and i i told you how old i am and how it wasn't until i was 44 years old that i figured out that's how you do that Uh uh-huh but yeah it's an incredible truth to know that that's available to everyone and there's a little shift there. Like, so there was that piece of eternal warriors and the only one enemy illuminating that piece of that's highlighted. And that becomes kind of a nuisance and an awareness that is always there. But the Savior's fighting for me. He's there for me as well. And then learning how to follow the champion, go to the captain in battle. I so love that terminology when you first use it. We have a captain, you know, mm-hmm. this idea of this battle, the ferocity, the drama of it all, I guess, appeals <laughs> to me. <laughs> but it's true. We're in a dramatic 
time and we don't feel that because day to day we feel like we're in the doldrums, right? Right. But when we use the language like captain, I have a captain who I follow and I'm in a battle, I'm in a war zone. It's not so frightening as it is exhilarating. Mm-hmm. And like you said, n- not only do I have a captain who fights for me, but I fight for him too, right? Yeah. So that's put a different spin on things as well in my life. So awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. So one of the things that came out and that always comes out whenever you have the strength of a team, it's not just you and one other person or just you trying to learn with your spiritual books and your spiritual minute that you get in a day. There's something that becomes more illuminated when you're connected to a team and everybody's fighting in a similar way against this right enemy and following the same captain and believing that he has championed the victory. He's the guy. But something that happens in a team is the way that principals speak to everyone and the way that they start receiving revelation about how these things apply to other things they already know in their life or other aptitudes they already recognize. It's really fun because then those things start coming out. And when you're in a class, not just a one-on-one with a coach or a mentor, but also in a class, you learn so much from each other. And you mentioned something in one of our meetings. And I was like, that is so cool. And I felt so impressed to say, Catherine, will you just teach us about what you brought up? That way of writing that you shared with us, it was just so brilliant. And I thought, people need to know about that. And I want to do a podcast with her so that you as listeners can hear this really sweet thing that she does. And so really, I'm just going to say, Catherine, will you just say, okay, here's what I taught everybody. This is what it's about. This is how I came upon that. Yes. So thank you. I actually... I have felt so blessed to be able to share this because it's made such a difference in my life. I had started this practice before Eternal Warriors, and it's a writing practice that came out of a different writing practice. So I think that probably a lot of your listeners have heard about being able to express your feelings on paper, right? And maybe even dump your feelings on paper because there is a need to get rid of negative emotions. And that is true. There is a need to do that. So I had been doing that for a long time. I'd been writing down things that bugged me or things that were ruminating in my head or just the negative thoughts getting them down on paper. And I was finding that even though I would try to turn it around after I kind of spewed everything, even though I tried to turn it around to the positive after that, it was putting me in a real downward spin to write all of the garbage that was in my head. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was almost like, okay, well, it's been ruminating in there and now it's here on paper too. And I feel even worse. So I started to do the opposite. Whatever was bothering me inside my head, I would just write the exact opposite. And I think how I began was there were people who were bothering me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I seem to recall that I was having trouble with 
either a member of my family, I know I was having trouble with a friend, that I just kept having thoughts about them, worries about them. So let's say, let's take the member of my family. I was projecting a lot of concern over a child. And I was projecting a lot of sort of forward thinking that this was going to be what was going to happen if this child continued to go down this road, right? That was affecting how I saw her and treated her and spoke to her. It was affecting everything. And I knew I needed to do something to change that. And so I started writing the opposite of what I thought I was seeing. And at first it was really, it felt so fake to write these kind of sunshiny, (laughs) so-and-so is doing great and very specific things felt very fake and phony, but as I would do it, just even in the session that I would do it, my pen got led by the spirit. And so it would start out feeling really fake, very difficult to write. And then I, I would flow and there would be good things coming out easily on paper about this person. And our brain loves to look for evidence. And so once I started writing something, my brain started to look for reasons why that could be true, right? So it produced a whole different feeling in me. And definitely not right away. I had to do it for a while because I had been doing the other for a while. But it started to change how I felt about the person. It's my brain started to look for reasons that the things I was writing were true. And so that again, helped me see the person in a different light as well. So I took that experience and I thought, well, I'm going to do this with everything. Like it seems like my mind's going all the time and it feels like it's constantly negative. And so I thought, you know, it's important. These family relationships are really crucial, but there's a relationship that's under all of my relationships and under almost every problem I perceive that I have. And that's my relationship to God. And I said, I'm going to finally address this the way I want to address this. Wow. And I hope I'm making some sense, but I had let a lot of doubts. I don't even know if doubts are the right word, but I had let a lot of negative thinking be the norm for me around my relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And I decided I'm just not going to do that. I'm going to write it the way I want to write it. So I started writing things like, I have a heavenly father who knows me as his cherished, adored, lovable daughter. And he is concerned with the intricate details of my life. And he's proud of me. All the positive things that I so wanted to believe yet would constantly counter attack in my head, right? Or I'd find conflicting scriptures that would allow me to sort of do this back and forth dance of never feeling like I was on sure footing. So I wrote about my relationship with God and with Christ for quite a while. And the spirit really would lead my pen. And every time I did, I just felt lifted. I felt, I felt joyful after every experience like that. And 
so I continued, <laughs> I continued to do it with anything and everything. I'm going to just read you a little excerpt just to give you an idea of how I write. And it still happens. It's still a constant thing that, I mean, we're always going to have to, to counterattack these attacks, right? Yeah. These thoughts, these flashes. So often I get up in the morning already feeling quite depressed. I wake up already having a really difficult time getting out of bed, uh, feeling like I, I have worth and all of those lovely feelings. So this is what I would let's say this day is so beautiful and full of promise. I have lots of energy and motivation to work and exude happiness, positivity, putting up a railing. Oh, I had to, I was told I had to put up a railing in order to have my insurance claim be able to give me insurance. And I really didn't want to do it. <laughs> so I said, putting up a railing will be easy and cheap and it could help someone remain steady. The look of it won't bother me at all. I find it easy and pleasurable to wear a smile. I know who is with me. His light is literally all around me. And as I read this and I get emotional, that's the beauty of the writing. You go back and you read it and the spirit testifies to you <laughs> almost the sentence where he came in, you know, wow. where the spirit comes in. With his light, I am also constantly hearing his voice. I like that I have many responsibilities. I like to care for my house, yard, flowers, trees, grass. I like to care for myself, my body, my mind, and spirit. And I love to care for my family. I enjoy feeding them, hugging them, speaking kindly to them, and just being in their presence. My Savior is in my presence. His influence is... I have hope and faith. Sunshine is wonderful. Peter, who's my little son, Peter's enthusiasm is wonderful. I'm so blessed with love, with home, with family, with gospel. Writing this was the first step to creating my day on my terms. I have plenty of will and energy to have a productive day. And I swear every word is the opposite of how I felt. <laughs> I felt like I was drained. I felt overwhelmed with all the things I had to care for. I felt like I was alone, but the point was to just write it the way I wanted it to be. And in so doing, the cloud lifted and lifts every single time. Wow. Oh, now if I'm a listener out there, I might be thinking, and so then the whole rest of your day goes exactly like you wrote it? Oh, yeah. I'm amazing now. You should just ask my family. You should see my yard. Holy cow, do I ever care for that? No, not at all. Right. So you're but, still, um, you're but still a piece of it, a piece yeah. of it, right? Yeah. Yes. Not at all. No. In fact, it's kind of fun when I do look back. And I wanted to say that is the other important element of what I've learned. When I go back and read it, it has even more power. And the reason I think it has more power is my brain recognizes my writing, recognizes that as me, right? Wow. And so I think that my brain sees me in my writing and goes, oh, that's what she thinks? Mm -hmm. Okay. I'll believe it a little bit more, right? Yes. 
So I feel like there is testimony in it. There's uh, the brain's looking for evidence of what I've written. The spirits testifying as I write of all the light, right? Mm -hmm. And then as I read again, it just signals to my brain again. That's my writing. I wrote that. I believe that. So no, it doesn't change everything, but it lifts it. (laughs) It lifts it for a time. And I always know, I always have a little spirit saying, it's time to write. (laughs) It's time to go to your book. You're getting too low, you know. Wow. Go get to your book. Go read what you've written and write some more. It's but wouldn't like, it be cool if those when those when those things all come true? Yeah. <laughs> Won't it be and, cool? <laughs> yes. And you know what's amazing is to consider the true principles behind all this. And like God's hand in in our life leading us to tools where he knows our struggle is right like and then the spirit guiding you to also start monitoring when you're gonna get too low like how about you go get go to your book now you know like let's start writing it you know to give you that and then also to fill it while you're doing it and following that prompting to fill that space with the evidence of light and joy and the spirit that would bring you back to that place of release, you know, because what you describe people like a brain dump where you just put all your yuck on a paper and some people throw it away or burn it or flush it or whatever they do, you know, kind of leaving you not at a lifted place, but maybe a more depressed place. I just love to that true principle. All things are created spiritually before they're created physically. Yes. That just totally fits that. And one of the things you also mentioned was how you started approaching scripture differently. Yes. So this was after class had started and I had, you know, recognized that this writing process was a good process for me. And as I was reading scripture far more frequently, again, I wanted evidence that what I was writing about Heavenly Father and his relationship to me was actually true. And so I started taking the scripture that I was, scriptures I was reading, and I started putting me in the characters that I was reading about. And I definitely changed wording to some extent, but this has also been so faith building for me, particularly when I go back to read the scriptures, because I've got them all in one book, you know, so all these little scriptures in one book that talk to me, (laughs) that Mm -hmm. talk to me from heavenly father. And when I read them, the spirit absolutely testifies to me. This is true. This is true, Catherine, you can believe it. So I'll give you a a couple samplings of that. And I I haven't written all of the scripture references, because like I said, I've just put them in one book. Mm -hmm. The arms of mercy are extended toward me, and he saith, I receive you. Come unto me, Catherine, for behold, your works have been... It's just so beautiful. (laughs) Your works have been the works of righteousness upon the face of the earth. Wow. 
Now, this one was kind of fun because I was reading in Alma, and it was when the sons of Messiah had met up with Alma, and they were still active, the brethren in the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. And so I wrote this in terms of me, and it, it was a good one for me to look back on. Catherine was still his sister in the Lord. Yea, she had waxed strong in the knowledge of the truth, for she was a woman of sound understanding, and she had searched the scriptures diligently that she might know the word of God. This is not all. She had given herself to much prayer and fasting. Therefore, she had the spirit of prophecy and the spirit of revelation. And when she taught, she taught with power and the authority of God. So it gives me direction too, right? It's like, okay, yeah. I need to get fasting. (laughs) I need to get a little more diligent because I want the scriptures to say that about me. Um, And it helped me to to see that Christ already thinks that about me. He already sees that potential. He already sees my heart. Mm. And so this just gave me more and more evidence that loving relationship that I want to believe in is true. Yes. Wow. Oh, it just is such a testimony that the Lord knows the desires of our heart. Mm-hmm. And he wants to give us good gifts. And when we become available and we kind of express that desire, whether it's in desperation and we don't know how to tell you that's what we want, but he knows exactly what we want. Yeah. Oh, so beautiful. There's one that you mentioned when before we started recording and I know it was from Alma and yeah it was just this was in Alma 7 yeah again I changed it around a little bit but it's like Alma 7 verse so if you listeners want to think how did she do that it's just fun to think oh you know what it's just in in verse verse it's in chapter 5 of Alma verse 7 through like 9 yeah. And yeah. So, so here's what she pulled out of it to create her own scripture from God for her. Okay. I was in captivity and the Lord did deliver me out of bondage by the power of his word. He changed my heart. He awakened me out of a deep sleep and I awoke unto God. In the midst of darkness, my soul was illuminated by the light of the everlasting word. My soul did expand and I did sing redeeming love. It's wonderful to see too, some of those, I was in captivity or I was under the veil of darkness and, and he brought me through it, right? Yeah, this is a treasured book for me now. And I go and I read these things and they're truth to me. The other thing I wanted to just point out is that when I said that I start writing and the spirit takes over, I'm often surprised at what comes as I start writing. Like I'll think, okay, I've been eating a lot of junk food and I want to do the opposite. So I'm going to write about how I just love green vegetables and I just, (laughs) I just love drinking those green smoothies. They're easy to get down my throat and (laughs) and sunshiny afterwards, you know, and I I'll think, I know what the solution is to my problem, right? It's this opposite. Yeah. Cause you're an incredibly smart human. You know, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) 
I totally as, understand you. I hear you. Yeah. So mm-hmm. as I start writing these opposites, thinking this is the solution to my problem, more than once, the spirits led my pen to say, I connect with my family when I eat my food. We sit down together and we talk and we eat. And several times I've had the spirit say, just connect. (laughs) It's not about the food. Just sit down and make the food a reason to connect with your family. That's what you're lacking. What you're lacking is the connection, not the green juice. I mean, I'm sure I'm still lacking green juice too, but you know, nobody wants to sit around drinking green smoothies. I'll tell you that. Yes. But you know, uh, I know I don't either. I have a friend that always gives me them and I'm like, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Oh. I think But I was just going to say that is incredible. And in case you listeners out there, maybe I'm just thinking that's such an important thing to hear, such an important thing to get that what's happening is like we brought up earlier, like Catherine, you're becoming like, I'm creating this space of availability and I am purposely bringing my desire to create a better day, a better feeling to this moment. And I'm going to use my powerful weapon that the adversary doesn't have my body and my ability to experience a life in a body. Mm -hmm. And with my agency, I'm going to do this, but because God created me for great things. I'm also a creator, right? One of those great things is to be a creator at whatever level we can, whether that's, I'm going to create some order. I'm going to create, like you say, my day, this space. I just think what you pointed out there, so good for, for you to be noticing. I know logically how I need to solve this problem. And it is about me. Stop the junk food and start eating healthy. The things that aren't your first choice, but you know that's what you want to do is be healthy. And and for the spirit to then, because you're available, come in without you even having a clue. that It wasn't your logical answer that was the answer. Yeah. The answer. It's the connection that you're lacking. And if you're connecting more, You'll want to eat less junk food. Yep. But he never says it even that meanly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't say it mean. Yes. He says it, but what you hear is this soft, but loud enough to like pierce your soul. Correction. Yeah. Correction and invitation to a better way, better way than green smoothies. Is there a better way than green smoothies? It's remarkable. The other fun thing that I learned when I was teaching this to the class and I was looking up about what happens with our brain when we write, what happens with that connection coming down our arm and out our hand and onto paper. By the way, that's the best way that we can do it rather than um, typing, but actually from our brain to our arm, to our hand, to our paper, one thing that happens is it slows our heart rate as if we were meditating, right? We become in a meditative heart rate, I guess. I don't know how to say wow. that. And it slows our brain function as well. So we become in this meditative state. So you can see how the spirit can work when we're in that state. And also if we 
use stories, many areas of our brain light up and are active as we either tell a story, listen to a story, hear a story. And so as I've looked back on what I've written, they're kind of little stories, they're little vignettes, right? Mm -hmm. And even that way of writing it is causing a lot of activity in the brain that wouldn't be active, just if I were to say, lecture you, or if you were to read something, a PowerPoint or something like that. Right. Wow, that's so So awesome to know that. Mm -hmm. So some people listening to that are familiar with Eternal Warriors and the writing that's required in Eternal Warriors or encouraged, nothing is required, but because we're all choosers, but highly encouraged to to write in your power goals. So pray, write, read are the power goals. And so that writing practice, it's introduced as write a letter to God. And you mentioned that this practice that you do is not what you do for your writing in your power actions. It's something separate. So if I'm a listener, I might be thinking, so is that what she does for her? Write a letter to God time? Just, yeah. What's Mm -hmm. the difference for you? What do you... You know, I, to be honest, I have not fully grasped how to make my letters to God as meaningful as I think they can be, but I do write them every day. The one thing that I find is that writing them every day turns my heart and mind to him. And what I tend to do is maybe I do a little bit of dumping in those letters, actually. Mm -hmm. I don't do much because I quickly it's almost automatically, I just can't anymore. (laughs) I quickly turn around. So when, when I may start with, Oh, dear father, I'm just feeling the pits (laughs) or something like that. Yeah. It quickly turns around to, well, what are some gratitudes? Right. I don't know. I don't feel too comfortable telling heavenly father, all of the things that I'm feeling this is a tricky one, right? Because we we need to express everything to our Father in Heaven. Like He's yeah. there for us to express our sadness and our heartbreak and all of that. And I think there is a time for that. I, I guess the problem with me was that it was just too prevalent. Yes, it was just too prevalent a place where I lived, right? And I need to create new s- pathways in my brain. Yeah. So my letters to my heavenly parents are different than this, but they do incorporate a bit of it. They often have some gratitudes in them. I will often tell them what I'm struggling with and ask for their help. And when I do that and I keep writing, I tend to get answers. Mm. Yeah, but it's less of a story format, I guess. I guess that's the difference. When I write just for me, it's kind of a story. When I'm writing my letters to my heavenly parents, it's more of a recognition that I'm struggling, but I don't want to become a dumping ground. Yeah. So uh, a recognition that I need their help, that I'm looking for ways to overcome certain thoughts or feelings, some gratitudes. And sometimes if I can't do that, I just make it a really short letter. (laughs) Because I because I really don't want to express my ungratitude towards them. Yeah. I'll find a different way to do that, you know? Yeah. There does need to be a way to release these negative things, but yeah, it's not on people. 
Yeah. And I don't feel comfortable having it be on them either. <laughs> right. Yeah. If I'm dealing with some real heartbreak, of course, I'm going to open up to them and express that. I'm just, I'm just more talking about my day to day challenges. Yeah. Yeah. So good. And, you know, I think that's one of the most important things I learned in doing just the power actions, because now I call them power journaling, but it's just this piece being aware that it's okay for me to make this mine. It's okay for me to stop having an expectation of what my spiritual relationship with God should look like. Yes. It's okay for me to create this with God and to allow him to show me, like you said, it's time for me to claim this space kind of is in essence what you said. And it was just this, that's okay for me to make this what is mine and his together, just like my relationship with a friend or my husband or a child, that's a very personal relationship. It's not going to be the same as everybody else's. It's going to look like our relationship. Mm-hmm. And I can create that with them and that can become something and it grows over time. And so that's what's so exciting about what you've shared is it's a wonderful thing if you listeners out there have just thought, I have never even thought of that. Like that is just such a fun thought. And I wonder how that would, or if it does apply to something I'm seeking for, as something I'm hoping to create and take all of it, take a piece of it. Uh, I just think it was so wonderful, Catherine, when you shared that in our class. And I just thought, I think this is so valuable because it has so much light and so much truth in it and your thoughts about, you know, what you feel comfortable sharing and why, and you don't want to be a complainer when God has given you this tool to not complain. Do you know what I mean? To how yeah. about if you create instead, it's like redirecting a child instead of coloring on the wall. How about if you color on the paper? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, a, Let's just redirect you into something that will do accomplish what you're hoping, but you go create that instead. Like almost to me, I see it more as maybe the reason I don't feel great about that is because God handed me something to do with all of that. And Mm -hmm. so when it starts happening, I'm like, oh yeah, gratitude is helpful. But that, Mm -hmm. I think just your understanding and knowledge of if it's supposed to be different or grow into something different, you've created so much beautiful evidence that says he's guiding me he'll continue to guide me yeah I think there's a real element of just trusting ourselves right Karen like Mm -hmm. I don't know about you but kind of grew up worried that I'm always doing the wrong thing or the right thing you know exactly like worried about that is this the wrong decision is it the right decision am I doing the right thing am I doing the wrong thing yeah and recognizing instead that my heart's in the right place. I know it is. Yes. I can trust my heart and I can trust him to lead me <laughs> and to correct me if I'm if I've overstepped or if I've gone astray, right? And yeah. I love that idea that 
we have to take ownership of our relationship with our savior, personal relationship. The one thing I wanted to say really quickly is that when I write these scriptures and I put my name in them and I change the wording a little bit, and then I go back to read them, this is an important thing that I learned, is that I'm seeing my writing, like I said. So my brain's recognizing, oh, she wrote that. That's what she believes. But I'm hearing the Lord's language because it's scripture, even though I've tweaked it. Right. Yeah. So it's really, really powerful to reread and to say my name out loud. So it seems like there's some steps for my brain. Yeah. One is to write it. One is to read it. And another is to say it. And when I can do all three, and especially if I can say it to someone else, and let the tears come and still say it. It's like a shock right to my heart that says, yep, that's a stamp of belief (laughs) right there, you know, and you don't need to shy away from that truth. You can own it and believe it. And you can hear your father's language speaking it to you and Mm -hmm. in your name. And so I just think it's just a treasure for me to read those scriptures in that way. And to share them. And sometimes I'll have someone else's name come to mind and I'll shoot them a text and put their name in the place. It just seems like the right thing for them to have heard. But thank you for letting me share that. I I love this practice. I expect it'll continue to evolve and get better and better. Yeah, I expect so as well. And yeah, our hope today is that you as listeners can just this message that this podcast can be for you just will meet you in a place that you're at and help you to just hear maybe your next illuminated step so and don't worry if you feel like an absolute phony to begin with good like if you just feel like I'm completely faking it I'm even a Pollyanna or whatever Mm -hmm. it's okay Your brain's going to look for evidence. (laughs) It will. If you keep telling it, it will start to go, okay, I guess that's true. (laughs) Yes. And that's really good to put some science on that because that's absolutely true. It is scientifically proven that that's what our brains do. And when we have an enemy trying to stop anything that reveals more of our truth or more of Christ's help in our life, that will sound really loud and Mm -hmm. have this feeling of, well, that's dumb. Mm-hmm. You're a weirdo. Why yeah. are you doing it like that? You know, <laughs> that's not what you believe. You're so weird, you know, to try to do everything you can to keep you from a more special, illuminated, personal place where you and God are creating something together that says, come find me. I'm right here. Mm. So good. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thank you for being with us today, Warrior Moms. I invite you to make a donation at the top of our website, mothersyouknow.org. Any amount you can afford today will help us keep Mothers Who Know services free for all moms. Thank you so much for your generosity. Moms, remember your divine identity and great worth. Continue in your courageous efforts to support God's great work. Notice the miracles you see every day, the evidence of the Savior's love and mercy. Find the message in your message. 
reach out and share the principles you learn in Mothers You Know with other mothers. You are God's secret weapon for good in this world. Finally, a few pieces of information for you. I recommend a few other podcast channels to listen to. Like Dragons Do They Fight podcast, that includes interviews and stories with those that have struggled and overcome something in their life. And the Eternal Warriors podcast, hosted by two YSA young men who share their story, teach valuable lessons, and interview special guests. You can follow us on our social media pages on Facebook under MothersYouKnow.lcs or search for Mothers You Know, and on Instagram, username at mothers underscore who know. Last, if you would like additional support and training, please go to mompowertraining.com to sign up for the next eight-week mom power training class for all moms. You can also go to the Mothers You Know website at mothersyouknow.org or our parent company, Life Changing Services at lifechangingservices.org to learn more about our excellent services to support you and your loved ones. Thank you so much for listening today. Please feel free to email me anytime with questions or to set up a complimentary 30-minute appointment to visit. Please email me at mothersyouknow at lifechangingservices.org. Looking forward to hearing from you amazing moms. See you next time.